This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the program on this beautiful morning or afternoon. It's March 17th, Tuesday. This is Pastor Dan Stahlbaum from East Coast Christian Center. I know this has been an incredibly difficult season for everybody. Uh, Never, uh, at least in my lifetime, faced anything quite like this uh, pandemic that's going on, sweeping the the world that we live in with COVID-19 coronavirus. And uh, I just want to encourage you. This is a season to love on uh, one another, to encourage one another. Jesus is the only answer, and it's an opportunity to point people in the right direction, to point them to hope. And you might be out there and uh, dealing with all sorts of things yourself, uh, but just don't think about yourself. I know many of you aren't, but just a little reminder to say, hey, what about your neighbor? What about that person uh, that, uh, you know, is in your life, your friend, or whatever the case may be? Make sure that it's a time of encouragement. We cast out all fear in Jesus' name. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but in power and love and in a sound mind. And Jesus has got this. He's got uh, us in his hand, and we're trusting him in every way. I also want to shout out to all the churches out there. We're all together in this. We're pulling together. There's churches and pastors and teams are making incredibly difficult situations. Decisions, excuse me, in uh, an incredibly, incredible, incredibly difficult situation. It's incredibly difficult to talk this morning, too. But uh, we just want to know that we're praying for all the pastors, all the congregations. We're all in this together. There's no one of this type or that type. All that falls away, especially in times like this. We are believers and Christ followers, and we're for you, and we're believing God for big things and good things in your life. We want you to know that East Coast Christian Center is going to be having online services uh, available to you, and you can log on by going to eccc.us. That's our website, or you can go to our app. You can download that at the App Store, or you can go onto Google Play and get it that way. It's available to uh, and partake of the services, to be part of the community. We'll have people online with you, ready to pray for you, and uh, communicate. and So just uh, log in, get on, get involved. We want you involved in the online services. We do need to let you know that's especially pertinent for the Vieira campus of East Coast Christian Center because we meet in the school. The school is closed and will remain closed in the foreseeable future. And so we're not able to meet at our normal location as we would in the Vieira High School. Um, also a great reason why we're building a campus in Vieira on the property we bought there. Having our own facility gives us more control about what's done. Totally understand what the schools have done and they should do. And it's just uh, what everybody has to do. And they have to make a great decision based on their responsibilities. And when we own the building, there'll be our responsibilities. And we'll need to make uh, the decisions based on that. Now, there are constant changes going on with this uh, virus, as well as our decisions on how we respond to it here at East Coast Christian Center. So if you want to stay up to date, check out our Facebook page. We'll put any decisions we make there up uh, as soon as we make them. 
and that'll be available for you. Also, symptoms uh, of any kind, please don't attend any size East Coast Christian Center event coming in the future. Really appreciate you keeping yourself safe and uh, the others safe around you. Now we're going to move into our Morning Breath broadcast. Uh, Pastor Brian, Pastor Chris are going to be doing the show as we get into the Word of God. God bless you guys. It's so good to spend time with you. We love you. Again, believe, do not fear, trust in the Lord. He's faithful. God bless. Should we get into the chapter, Nehemiah chapter 7? We got uh, we got yeah. some verses here. We got 70 plus. We got 73 verses. This is like when you go to the restaurant and they have the 9,000 ounce steak that you got to try to finish. You get your name on a plaque for doing it. This is a, this is a meaty chapter. But uh, disclaimer, we're going to use phonics instead of actual Hebrew pronunciation. So oh if we gosh. mispronounce any of these names, please have grace for us today. <laughs> there's got to be at least 74 different names yeah, in this chapter. Yeah, there's that, a lot. For every verse, there's at least, uh, yep. there, there are many here. So hang with us here. We're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 7. I guess I'll I'll um, I'll read the first half. Yeah. Can you get me started, Pastor Chris? I can help you out as you read through verse 38. And I say, read, sir. All right, Nehemiah 7 from the New Living Translation. It's after the wall was finished and I had set up the doors in the gates, the gatekeepers, singers, and Levites were appointed. I gave the responsibility of governing Jerusalem to my brother, Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the fortress. For he was a faithful man who feared God more than most. I said to them, do not leave the gates open during the hottest part of the day, and even while the gatekeepers are on duty, have them shut and bar the doors. Appoint the residents of Jerusalem to, to act as guards, everyone on a regular watch. Some will serve as sentry posts and some in front of their own homes. At that time in the city, at that time the city was large and spacious, but the population was small, and not and none of the houses had been rebuilt. So my God gave me the idea to call together all the nobles and leaders of the city, along with ordinary citizens, for registration. I have found the gene- genealogical record of those who had first returned to Judah. This is what was written there. Here is a list of the Jewish exiles of the provinces who returned from their captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had deported them to Babylon, but now they returned to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah where they originally lived. Their leaders were Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sariah, Reliah, Nehemani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Benah. This is the number of men of Israel who returned from exile. The family of Parash, 2,172. The family of Sheptah, Shephatiah, 372. The family of Ara, 652. The family of Pehath Moab, 2,818. The family of Elam, 1,254. The family of Zatu, 845. The family of Zakai, 760. The family of Benai, 648. The family of Bebai, 200, or sorry, 628. The family of Agzag, Azagad, 2,322. The family of Adakam, 667. The family of Bigvi, 2,067. The family of Aden, 655. The family of Atar, 98. The family of Heshom, 328. The family of Bezai, 324. The family of Jorah, 112. The family of Gibar, 95. The family of Bethlehem and Nephtapha, 188. The family of Anatoth, 128. The family of Beth Azmaveth, 42. <laughs> the family of Kirith, Jerium, Kempereth, and Beeroth, 743. 
you know, I want to just say of so-and-so and so-and-so, but I'm going for it. The, the people of Ramah and Giba, 621. The people of Michmash, 122. The people of Bethel and Ai, 123. The people of West Nebu, 52. The citizens of West Elam, 1,254. The citizens of Harim, 320. The citizens of Jericho, 345. The citizens of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721. The citizens of Sena'a, 3,930. And I kick it over to you, my friend. Thank you. Verse 39. These are the priests who returned from exile. The family of Jediah, 973. The family of Immer, 1,052. The family of Pashur, 1,247. The family of Harim, 1,017. These are the Levites who returned from exile. The families of Jeshua and Cadmiel, 74. The singers of the family of Asaph, 148. The gatekeepers of the families of Shalem, Ater, Talman, Akub, Hatida, and Shobai, 138. The descendants of the following temple servants returned from exile. Ziha, Hashufa, Tabayoth, Keros, Siaha, Padon, Labana, Hagaba, Shalmai, Hanan, Gedel, Gahar, Reiah, Rezin, Nakoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasea, Basai, Meunim, Nefushim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harher, Basleth, Mahida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisera, Tema, Naziah, and Hatifa. The descendants of these servants of King Solomon returned from exile Sotai, Hashofereth, Peruda, Jala, Darkon, Gedel, Sheftathiah, Hatil, Pokereth Hazabaim, and Ami, in all the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants. Wow, that was a tough one. Numbered 392. Another group returned at this time from the towns of Tel Malah, Tel Harsha, Karub, Adan, and Emer. However, they could not prove that they or their families were descendants of Israel. This group included the families of Deliah, Tobiah, and Nakoda, a total of 642 people. Three families of priests, Hobiah, Hakoz, and Barzillai, also returned. This Barzillai had married a woman who was a descendant of Barzillai of Gilead, and he had taken her family name. They searched for their names in the genealogical records, but they were not found, so they were disqualified from serving as priests. The governor told them not to eat the priest's share of food from the sacrifices until a priest could consult the Lord about the matter by using the Urim and the Thummim, the sacred lots. And so, a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah, in addition to 7,337 servants and 245 singers, both men and women. They took with them 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the family leaders gave gifts for the work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 gold coins, 50 gold basins, and 530 robes for the priests. The other leaders gave to the treasury a total of 20,000 gold coins and some 2,750 pounds of silver for the work. The rest of the people gave 20,000 gold coins and about 2,500 pounds of silver and 67 robes for the priests. And so the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, and the temple servants, and some of the common people settled near Jerusalem. The rest of the people returned to their own towns throughout Israel. Uh, Amen. Wow. Nice work. Thank you. You too, brother. I I, I couldn't help but chuckle a bit. Um, (laughs) <laughs> nice job. Nice job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so uh, there's there's a lot, obviously a lot of descriptive things going on in this uh, in this chapter. Yeah. And, um, just the some of the 
significance of administrating the people as they came back in. And, uh, you know, I don't know, there's, there's a few things that stuck out to me, but I'd love to hear maybe from your heart, uh, what, what did God breathe on as you looked at the scripture today or maybe even last night as you read? Yeah. Um, you know, as funny as it is to hear myself say names like that, that I, you know, I feel a little bit like the elf going Francisco, Francisco, you know, like not a common thing to say, but fun to say, um, I think about how personal God is yeah. and how every number counts to him. And Jesus was so tuned into one person at a time that he would literally be in a chaotic crowd and focus in on one and make yeah. them feel like I'm seen. And each one of these names, each one of these family names and each one of those numbers, Jesus sees the one in all of those. And I'm blown away by that. And I'm reminded that, uh, you know, Hagar called God El Roi, the God who sees. Yeah. Every name of God is an invitation to an attribute, you know. Um, you know, Kerrigan's nickname is Sugar Bear, and that's kind of a little bit of a preview of what she's like. She's she's definitely sweet as sugar, this but also— your daughter, right? Yeah, this is my daughter. Uh, she's as sweet as sugar, but she's as tough as a bear. And, uh, you know, I you can learn a lot by Kerrigan just by saying what I call her. And, you know, you learn a lot by God, by the names of God. And there's all over the Bible there are names for God, and one of them is El Roi, the God who sees me. And Hagar felt overlooked and forgotten uh, once Abraham and, and Sarah were able to— to conceive, but she wasn't forgotten. Even though men forgot her, God had not. And so I think that you look at a book like this and it's easy to just go, well, I don't know how that relates. Well, there's life in that. In the counting of every number, God says, you know what? Aren't you more valuable than than five sparrows? My eye is on you. I've got you. I see you. I care for you. And uh, I think that's, you know, one of the big things that I just wanted to jump in and then you know, I'd be happy to kick it back over to you. I think the first six verses really blessed me a lot, but I wanted that kind of stuck out to me as we read all these names this morning. Yeah, you know the I, I love the picture of of how important each one of these, like it, like one of these numbers is six hundred twenty-eight, for instance. It wasn't six hundred twenty-seven. It wasn't six hundred twenty-nine. Yeah. Yep. That they were serious about what was serious to God, right? That the people who returned mattered, right? And yep. um, the significance of that, and how much, you know you might feel neglected, like you're sharing, that God sees. I, I I just think about people who could be doing all sorts of things, and they've been faithfully doing it. These people had to endure some stuff to Come get on. back there, right? Yep. Um, they, they walked through some stuff, literally walked through some stuff. And um, you think about some of the things that, that people could be walking through today on the on, on the other side of this radio show, and you know what? God sees you. He sees your circumstances. He sees the significance of what you're walking through. And even in this era and this this time in our in our community and in our nation around the world, of you know, there's panic. There's this. There's all. There's a lot of things going on. And um, God sees your situation. It hasn't forgotten you. You know, yeah. and um, he's he's sees significance in the moment that you're walking in, that this moment is, is such a time for this you were created for, that you aren't, you weren't like, you didn't miss your time. You didn't, you know, get dropped here at the wrong time. Like God has a plan. And, um, he had a plan for each one of these as well that got back into the city. And so, um, I don't know, like you, you might feel on the outside and, uh, you know, lost and forgotten out there in the field somewhere. Mm. But you know what? I, I, there's a guy named David that was out in the field somewhere yes. at one point and um, became became king, you know, and um, took out a, one of the greatest stories of, of our scripture of taking out a giant. And, you know, so, some of the biggest moments have been with some of the biggest underdogs in, in scripture. And so if you feel like your story is... Uh, is not significant or is such a small thing. You know what? We, we do serve a God who is a God of the underdog and God of the guy who might feel neglected or off the beaten path. You might feel like you're out there somewhere, but you know what? God sees. And um, it is, it's a great reminder today. I, I really appreciate that. And I think, you know, as you talk about the first few verses of this chapter, I I see the, um, 
the significance of, of kind of the why they wanted to, you know, nail who was in the city. And, uh, you know, it says in verse four, it says at the time of the city was large and spacious, but the population was small and none of the houses had been rebuilt. And you think about how, how spacious something can be and how spread out people could be. And yet they had to somehow gather people together to count this, right? Like they had to get a count of this. Right. There was, there was a, some administration that went into actually doing this. And I think the value of, of gathering could get lost in this of going, oh yeah, they just counted people. They probably just roamed around and, you know, did whatever. But you think you have to gather, you have to come together. And I think God is one who wants to gather as well. Yeah. He doesn't want you out there somewhere far. If you feel far, come to a gathering, come to a meeting place, come to get around other believers, get around other people that would do it in, in, in his name. And, um, I don't know. I've been, I've been challenged even of late to go, you know what? I want to, I want to get around the table with some people that I don't get time to get around the table with, you know, yep. and, um, people that I want to spend time with, but my calendar is always full and I'm always busy and I'm always that, you know what, if I don't, if I don't etch it and aren't intentional about gathering together with people, I could find myself doing my thing a lot, you yep. know? And, um, I don't know, it's just a reminder for me of, of kind of the, the gathering piece. So I don't know what, what else is there? I love that. Um, you know, you made me think of something, and, you know, we try to go with what God's breathing on in the moment here. In the um, prior, in the Pentateuch, you know, the children of Israel are all instructed to arrange themselves by tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel, um, by tribe around the tabernacle, the dwelling place where God's presence dwelt, right? And the priests would go and offer sacrifices, and you would come, and the, the tribes were arranged around it by number, and the wild thing about the, the arrangement is because they followed God's instructions and they arranged themselves and they gathered and they got together, the Bible says in Hebrews, let us not forsake the assembling together, as is the habit of some, because they were intentional about that and they obeyed God's command to gather. You know, and I know we're listening to people that, are, that love the word and all that kind of stuff, but maybe there's people listening that don't gather anymore with believers. Yeah. It's important that you do that. Anyway, they gathered um, around the, the tabernacle. And what was cool is that because of the numbering to the north, east, west, and south was the actual shape of a cross because of the groupings of people. You could literally look at it and it was, it it typified a cross. It was a typology of Christ. And that's what we gather around. We all gather. We are all equals at the foot of the cross. And so that's why we gather because we're recipients of a common grace and we have one savior and he's the savior of us all. And man, we got to continue to remind each other of that. And uh, I think that's good. And I love what you brought up in verse four, Brian. Um, the city was large and spacious, but the population was small. None of the houses had been rebuilt. Um, and, you know, they built these walls big. You know, they set the borders big, even though the city and the population was low. Yeah. And I think that what we see here is Nehemiah having a vision that God will grow it right? Like feel the dreams. If you build it, they will come, right? You got to do some things in faith, believing that God's going to do his part. And so Nehemiah gets all of the, the materials. He gets a vision and an idea from God. He, he leads people. They do all this work, but he knows that God's going to be the one to fill the city with the real treasure because the walls are not the treasure. The gates are not the treasure. The buildings are not the treasure. The people inside of it. It's not just rebuilding the walls of the city. It's rebuilding the people inside the walls. But what he did is he set up an environment for God to bless and to grow and to fill with the real treasure, and that's the people. And that's why they're all named and numbered here And because that's because people count more than anything. At the end of the day, the treasure of heaven, Pastor Dan says it all the time. What is God's treasure? It's people. people. Yeah. I love that. I, I 
I love the that it was like in verse five, right behind that. It says, "So my God gave me the idea to yeah. call together." Right, like that. This is this is not just like, "Hey, I, on a whim, I'm going to go do this." That, that God gave him the idea of, yeah. of get the gathering piece. Right, that this wasn't just Nehemiah's you know piece. This was God going, "Hey, let me call the people together." He says, "Let me call together all the nobles and leaders of the city, along with the ordinary citizens." That there was no like that separation there of yep. like, "Hey, we're not going to gather them over there and gather them over there." It's like let's let's get together ordinary and nobility and go, you know, let's, let's do this together. And I just, I don't know. I, I like the picture of, I think that's another picture of, of what, why we need to gather together as believers is, you know what? I need to rub arms with people that are a little bit more noble, quote unquote, than I am maybe, or even more that are, that are more ordinary than I am. Right. I, I don't think that, you know, the, somebody has said before that one of the most uh, segregated um, hours of the week is, you know, Sunday mornings, you yep. know, and um, it's so sad. It's just, you know, that's not God's design. I, I'm certain of that, that God, heaven's going to be an incredible place where all the nations, like you think about what that will look like. I mean, just in this moment, I think, you know what, heaven's going to be incredible. Where yeah. All the nations worship together. Yes. And, you know, that there's no ordinary and there's no nor- noble. We, we will all be on our face before that's God, right? right? How much more so should we gather together? And in seasons like this of, of panic and crazy and fear and all the things going on in our culture, how much more important is that gathering moment where we can come together and bring life and life abundant together, different, you know, different colors, different nations, different, you know, all the things that would get, you know, just the, 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 the casting of, of maybe a, like a caste system that we can kind of walk in. Of course, we say we don't have a caste system in America like maybe, you know, other nations might. But there's there's some delineation at times in, in our churches and in our communities. And I don't think that's God's design. This was people came back, right? And, yeah, there were there were some labels on people. But you know what? He wanted to gather people together. And so I don't know. I, I've, I've been challenged. I've been challenged of late to go, you know what? I want to look around. There's people. Um, I heard a great teaching. I think you heard it as well, Pastor Chris, about, you know, there's in-groups and out-groups. You know, yep. my, my in-group is six foot eight and above, you know. Yeah. Like, I happen to be a big guy, right? Um, but that that means that a lot of people could be out, you know, of my group because I'm athlete or I'm tall or I'm white or I'm, you know, right. whatever I am. You don't understand what the short people like me at <laughs> five, six are dealing with. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. By the grace of God, I have a wife that's five foot four. She helps me with there those things, go. right? There you go. That's it. But, um, you know, just simple, simple things that separate us so strongly. And uh, I don't think that God's design is the separation is not. This was, yeah. let's bring people home, you know, and... Um, they didn't go counting the homes. They counted the people because the people were, you know, were That's important, right. you know. And, That's right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just like the the idea of, you know, getting together on things. And so, um, I don't know. I want to work on that in my own life. Me too, brother. And I, I love that you brought that verse out because Nehemiah is a guy I keep looking at going, God, I need to grow my leadership. And here is a great example. Um, one of the things I love in that verse, he says, so my God gave me the idea. One thing is he didn't say, so my Google gave me the idea or my, you know, my life coach gave me the idea or not. No offense to any of those kinds of things. That's great. But here is a man who fears the opinion of the Lord above everything else and says, I'm getting direction from God. Even even counselors and, you know, uh, popular opinion, you know, Sam Ballot, Tobiah and Geshem try to get him to do some things. And he said, no, that's not what God said. I'm going to do what God said and I'm going to stick to it. So I want to say to every leader and you're you're a leader, by the way, if you're in the body of Christ, if you're the church, you are a leader. But especially think about your role as a parent, as a boss, as a, you know, a coach, as a teacher, as in any position where you have influence for the betterment of others, 
it, you got to trust God to lead you and look to that. And that's a good reminder. And I'm saying that to me just as much, guys. The other thing is, um, you know, it, it's too easy to lean on the opinions of man. But the Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And here's humility. Like, he could have been like, dude, this thing is boss. Look at this great administrative thing we just accomplished. And I like that on the other side of the victory of, like, this thing's almost done. He's like, to God be the glory. My God gave me this idea to do this. And I think humility is really a a key in great leadership as well. You know, the the beginning of this chapter, he says, I gave responsibility of governing to my brother and to other people as well. Again, he didn't take, he didn't take and go, okay, I got this now. Let's go. It was, let's give away leadership. You know, we are going to do this. And it says even the people were, uh, were appointed to, um, to guard the, you know, to guard the gate thing and to, to, to make sure that they acted responsibly. And there's just a whole priority put on everyone and all, and not just single one person. We're doing one job mm. who has to do it all. And, you know, so the leadership um, thing again is if we're going to lead well, we need to delegate well. Like, doesn't mean we just throw junk at people and say, go do that. And just, it is what it, what, you know, whatever you're going to make it. Yep. It is actually going, you know what, I'm going to equip you to do this. I'm going to give this away. You're able to do this. Let them do that. Now, of course, we're going to inspect, and of course, we're going to walk alongside, and we're going to lead well that way. But he was not going to do it all. There's just no way. It was too big for one man. It was too big for him to do. And so in the appointing of residents to act as guards and everyone on a regular watch, like there's these all and we and us and yep. how much, how important is that in a, in a community and in seasons of life where you think, man, I got this. You know, somebody asked me once, you know, if you had a, if there was a line that you would define your, you know, your, maybe your natural abilities by, I think that would be one thing that I've said many times, oh, I got this. And it's so broke. I don't have it. I need Jesus and I need the grace of God more than I need anything else in my life. And so um, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back and we'll close out the show. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. 
Hi, everyone. Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. We offer free estimates, and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. All right, just to uh, maybe finish off that thought of uh, the thought that I got this versus uh, the grace of God and others in my life, you know, um, hopefully you you wouldn't fall, you know, victim to the same thing that I that I could easily fall victim to, the, hey, I can do this, and I, I'm, I'm able, and I'm well able, and it is great that you're able, but you know what? We can accomplish way more when we do it together and not yep. by ourselves in our own strength, and so... Um, one of the greatest designs, I think, of the kingdom of God is that we all have a part to play, that we all yes. have a role to play, that we all um, can do great and mighty things, and we can do more together than we can do apart, whether that is, you know, changing the world. Like, how in the world could 12 people go and change the whole world? They couldn't do that. They had to reach others. They had to make disciples. Yep. And that process of reaching those 12 disciples, reaching hundreds, which became thousands, which became the other side of the planet, which we sit on today, and, you know, to out to the whole world. And... Um, we need each other. We need we need what others have to offer. I need what you, Pastor Chris, have to offer the kingdom of God. I Same. grow. I become more like Christ because I see Him in you. And Thank when you. we get so separated, when we get so isolated into our you know into our little roles that we do our own thing and stay in our own lane only, I don't know. I think it's a dangerous place to be. And so, um, though we just rattled off you know hundreds of names here and families, you know what? Those families all were in one location together. Yep. They were in a city together, doing great work together. And so. I would just encourage you, man, there's a, there's thousands of names in our community today. Let's get alongside somebody and do something together. Come on, let's build. Let's do it. Let's build together. Amen. God bless you guys. We're going uh, to let you go. We'll uh, touch base with you real soon. Morning Breath again. Peace. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.